I'm your host, as always, Erin Pym, and here at the Bedpost Podcast, what I like to do is bring fun and sexy guests into the bedroom to have an in-depth conversation about sex and sexuality with me. So what I will do before getting to my super fantastic guest for today, I am going to tell you about the Patreon. It's patreon.com slash the Bedpost show. Basically, I'm doing fun little solo mini-eps about my career as a pro-dom and also my personal life as a polyamorous babe. Uh, I'm also doing fun creative stuff, like now I'm a, I'm a professional erotica writer, so what I'm now doing is taking a lot of like old stories that I've written and I'm converting them into audio erotica for you all. There's also some fun sexy pictures, sexy videos. Um, when I'm thinking about the last Patreon episode, I just put out, it's a really fun one where I am on the receiving end of the ovipositor, which is a really fun, crazy, cool, geeky sex toy. So if you wanna hear about fun stories like that, and lots more. Again, head over to patreon.com slash the bedpost show. That said, I'm so honored and happy and giggly and pleased to have my guest here today. Uh, let me open up her, her, her Twitter here because she is queer trans girl who loves kink cuddles in the color red companion cam girl and porn star please welcome to the mic steffi scarlett hey there hi steffi <laughs> how are you babe i'm great yeah thanks for coming well thanks for inviting me <laughs> anytime we've been um collaborating and doing some fun mm-hmm. fun mm-hmm. things together yeah we've already done a couple of uh kink scenes that yeah. uh i've recorded and posted online mm-hmm. for those who'd like to check that out uh-huh, uh-huh. um and hopefully doing more mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i know we've at least got one um public show coming up we do yes uh we are doing uh i think this will come out at a good time for this event it's sapphic aquatica happening on sunday May 26th mm-hmm. at Oasis Aqua Lounge, which is a lovely, um, awesome event. I love Sapphic. Oh, yeah. I've been many times. Yeah. I, always, I always try and go. Sometimes life doesn't make it possible, but I try to go more than I don't. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It happens like every few months, I feel like. It's every other month. Every other month. Uh, last, last Sunday of every other month. Uh, for a while, it was every month, but then it's uh, now alternating with um, swordplay. Yeah, uh, yes. Which for, is for bisexual and yes, yes, for the men's, yes, the men's is it for the boys who like to play with the boys, yes, um, who also like to play with the girls, yeah, and everything in between, and the people who like to support them and watch them do those things, yes, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, but uh, Sapphic, I will be filling in as your um, professional uh, guinea pig, mm-hmm. and I would love to, um you know, off the air, obviously, talk, talk to you about what, what exactly, so we don't know exactly what we're going to do. No, we have not planned that out yet. We exactly. Just, we just know it's going to be fun. Yeah. I'm sure we Whatever can. Whatever it is. We might be able to practice a couple things. Yeah. Ooh, okay. I'm down. <laughs> <laughs> so, Steffi, why don't you um, just tell us, like, a little bit about yourself, what, what it is you do and, and who you are. So, I'm a... Uh, trans girl who's been doing sex work for, oh, I, said, I think it's coming up on four years. Wow. I think. Um, August is when I started. Could be five. I ha- I'd have to go back. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's four. I'm pretty sure it's four because actually, no, I know it's four because I just posted uh, one of them uh, way back Thursdays, throwback Thursdays. Uh, to one of my first photo shoots, uh, and that was 2015. You look like a little babe. <laughs> little baby babe. <laughs> um, and yeah, so I've been doing 
full-service sex work, I've been doing uh, professional uh, femdom work, I've been dabbling occasionally in uh, camming, and also uh, shooting clips and selling those. So, you know, I have my have my fingers in a couple different pies. Yeah. Uh, always looking for the next exciting thing to try out and do. Um, happy to sort of, like, you know, try new things, uh, make new friends, mm-hmm. um, just see where things go. Because how you and I came across each other, I mean, I'd seen your online presence for a long time previous to actually meeting you, mm-hmm. but we actually met at a sex worker meetup. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Also at Oasis. Also at Oasis. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm like vaguely aware of some of the sex work stuff going on in the city, some stuff more than others. I still, to this day, am kind of very naive and blown away by the amount of yes. uh, sex work that happens. Very much so when I first got into it, I had like no clue what an agency was. I didn't know like how many like pro-doms were like actively doing stuff. And so I'll still to this day, like come across things and be like, wait, that's happening. There's this much of this. Okay. Um, thankfully I've, I've had support from a couple different, um, friends and communities that I don't get myself into any, any, you know, too much serious trouble. Um, but, uh, but yeah, and I don't, as much as I'd love to follow all the people and, um, just be like awash with all the things, I, ter- I generally only follow, uh, people on social media that I've actually met yeah. so that I have a better chance of like keeping an idea of who this person is with their online personality and like matching it all together. Um, and just so that also my feed isn't just so much that I can't keep track of everything. Mm-hmm. Because I do like to be active in local stuff, um, so I'm just worried that, like, you know, I could easily make it into substitute Tumblr and just have it be nothing but porn, mm-hmm. but then I would miss out on fun things like Sapphic and, like, sex worker meetups and camera girl meetups and people looking to collaborate and um, socials and all that kind of thing, so. Yeah, Totally. Why don't you uh, let us know, since you're talking about you've been in this like four, even five years, maybe you're saying that's amazing. Four years. Yeah. Um, how did you, in, in what capacity and how did you come across, you know, your first kind of foray into all the sex work stuff? So, well, I've definitely been naive. I haven't been <laughs> completely unaware of sex work. And even from probably my um, late teens... I was probably starting to understand that there were people... I had met a couple of um, sex workers and always been, like, fascinated by it and interested in it. Um, but Where did I, you come across them? Uh, I think it was actually at kink events mm-hmm. um, and at another place uh, called M4. Yeah, Club M4, um, sure. They actually have a... Um, I think it's a, I'm forgetting the exact term. I think it was T-Girl Tuesdays or something like that. Mm-hmm. So at some point I was, I was frequenting that and met a couple people who were, who were working. Um, so you had, you were already attending events. Yes. Yes. No, I, I was, um, I've been doing, uh, kink and stuff since I was, um, <laughs> like legally able to go out to the bars where usually munches and stuff are held. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I didn't get into professional sex work until, um, my, like, mid-twenties. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I had been aware of it and had made friends in the industry, but I didn't feel comfortable enough doing out calls, going to strangers' houses. Sure. And I didn't feel comfortable having those strangers come to my house. Sure. Yeah. Um, so I kind of always just kind of kept it on the back burner. Mm-hmm. Um... Until, um, my partner, um, got into, um, professional kink and doing, um, professional submissive work. Mm -hmm. Um, and she had a series of different dungeons that she'd worked at. One great one that shut down because the headmistress couldn't keep it up. 
Then one very not good one that quickly um, she left mm -hmm. and then ended up at uh, Allegra Escorts, mm -hmm. um, which is a half agency, half independent collective of uh, sex workers in the city. Mm -hmm. And through there, I was able to meet the uh, person who runs that and was sort of going, you know, they have in-call spaces that are not my house or mm -hmm. strangers' houses. Mm -hmm. Maybe I could finally give this a try. So I talked to the owner and sort of voiced my interest in wanting to, you know, stick my toe in the water. <laughs> and uh, they were like, you know, I want to, but I want to see you done up, like client ready and stuff. Okay. So I was like, okay. Next time we all were hanging out with my partner and the owner, she kind of like, kind of like walked through the door and she just sort of went, yep, this will work. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, so that was, like I said, that was four years ago and I've been with them ever since, but they also allow you to do independent and it was the kind of thing where... One of the one of the best places as far as reaching clients in Toronto is a website with a name I dislike, but uh, a service that I enjoy, mm -hmm. which is uh, Shemail Canada. Mm -hmm. And Shemail Canada, for its profiles, um, requires that you show your face. Okay. Um, which is a bit of a unique thing in the sex worker industry. Yeah, a lot of people don't. Yeah, a lot well, of people if, blur their face or hide them for various reasons. Yeah, if you you have, like, you follow sex workers, say, on Twitter or whatnot, half of them probably, more than oh, half. Oh, more than, easily more than half. Yeah, um, a blurred out face, yeah. So my, my theory as to why I think that's a thing is that there's this assumption that you hire a trans sex worker and they might not be, quote-unquote, passable enough. You know, they're not girly enough for the clients, so they want to be able to show their face. So there was a requirement to be on that site. And if I wanted to get work, I had to be on there. So, or at least wanted any kind of reasonable amount of work. So I was like, well, if I'm showing my face, at that point, there's really nothing stopping me from doing camming or doing um, clips and selling porn. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, in for a penny, in for a pound. <laughs> So let's just do it. Yep. Uh, one phrase I've used before is I jumped into sex work with both legs spread wide. <laughs> just in a split. Just a split yeah. jump. Just <laughs> a Russian, a Russian just, jump. Just spread eagle into the industry. <laughs> and it's just been exploring different avenues, uh, making friends, making connections mm -hmm. uh, from there. Have, so. you, have you ever, um, like, looking back on that first decision to go in, as you're saying, like, fall out right from the beginning, do you agree that that was a good place for you to start? Like, did you have any regrets about doing it that way, or um, did it all just work out? Not necessarily. It's, it's worked out pretty much for the most part. I think it's definitely one of those things where I was doing sex work and vanilla work at the same time. Okay. And it was always kind of a part-time job. And there's been times where I've tried making it a full-time job and haven't made quite enough money to support myself. Yeah. But my realization a few years later is that it's definitely one of those things, and I'm sure this is true of anyone who's working for themselves, that mm. it, you get out what you put in. And I wasn't treating it like a full-time job. Energy-wise. Yeah. So now I'm trying to make more of a concerted effort of... You know, get up, have plans what I'm going to do today, plan out my week, you know that I have to put out a video every week, know that I should probably, you know, make sure that I bump all my ads and stuff and like be prepared and don't be too wishy-washy on stuff and be like, well, I don't really feel like doing this now. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, yeah, but... It's your job, though. It's my job. You got to show up to your job you know? and work. If I worked at Walmart, I've never worked at Walmart, but if I did, and I told my boss, you know, today I don't really feel like coming in, I wouldn't, I wouldn't last at that job very long. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's, it's realization that, you know, we live in the society we live in, mm -hmm. with its benefits and its pitfalls, and that's what you have to deal with. Yeah. So. And now you are doing full-time Yes. now? Yes, uh, since uh, January... Um, this, this year, this January. Yes, wow. I, is, is when my my push has been, and I was definitely like starting to make some uh, headway um, on getting together, and then there was a couple of hurdles. It all kind of happened in April. Mm -hmm. 
Um, is this the Lealist thing you were yes. telling me about so, pre-recording? Yes. So, yes. so let's get into this. Yeah. Yeah. Because this is huge. So, we, and we've talked about um, this from the perspective of like cis sex workers, mm-hmm. um, just kind of what is happening as far as our ability to like advertise online and connect with other, connect online, have resources, mm-hmm. screening, it's all being affected. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know if you've talked about um, Backpage shutting, um, down. shutting down and all that yeah. before. Yeah. And um, sort of the, the rise of Lealist in its absence. Yeah. Um, so for me, there's two main areas in which um, a trans worker in Toronto or Ontario mm-hmm. can advertise. Mm-hmm. One used to be Backpage, but that's gone. Mm-hmm. So now it's Lealist, which has replaced it mm-hmm. for the most part depending upon what part of the country you're in. Lealist apparently always had a bit of a stronger presence out west in BC. Okay. Uh, and one of the um, review boards, Lila, has always been a little bit stronger out east. But now that Backpage is gone, that Lealist is sort of picking up the slack. Okay. So there's there, and then there's um, Shemail Canada, which I usually refer to as SM Canada, because, again, not a fan of the word. Yeah. Um, so... There was someone, a trans uh, sex worker from BC, uh, who's been in the industry for probably a decade or more. Okay. Um, and they kind of went off on a, like, one-person, like, crusade. Yeah. <laughs> um, claiming that, like, no one should ever have to pay for sex worker ads and that everything should be free and we should all hold hands and kumbaya uh, and the way that they were going to do this is they were going to stick it to the man mm-hmm. and report Lealist for sex trafficking to their credit card companies. So then Lealist yeah. couldn't process credit cards for some time. Um, Which and is devastating to a lot of sex workers. Yeah, it's for a lot of people and a lot of survival sex workers, like, you know, that's all the money that they can do is just put in money into Lealist and, you know get work when they can and you know and for people that are listening that think you know if one of these platforms shuts down they're thinking it's a small fraction i would make the assumption that a listener might think that's a small fraction of the income when in fact it's actually a pretty large percentage yeah your options are basically for a lot of people who are doing this just to put food in their mouths and pay for rent or for trans people a lot of the time it's the only job they can work uh, to pay for any sort of, like, um, surgeries or anything like that is to go into sex work because they have a harder time getting into just vanilla retail or whatever or what have you. So it's like, okay, well, if I can't advertise on Backpage or Lealist, i got to just stand on the street corner, and who knows who I'm going to run into at that point. Yeah. So, so if Backpage goes, then Lealist is 100% of where you're getting income, potentially. Yeah, like I said, unless you want to stand out on a street corner, yeah. and that's not a safe place to be. Yeah. Like, that's the most Sex worker is already like not uh, a safe job. Mm-hmm. It's definitely like a balance of risk, how much risk you're willing to take. Definitely. And at some point, you know, to put food in your mouth you're willing to take risks that you wouldn't normally take yeah so so you, back page is gone and then leo list is gone right what's so, left like like you're fucked mm-hmm. like yeah you're just up shit creek if you with don't the have paddle a- shoved up your ass you can't even <laughs> use all because one person decided that they were going to take it into their own hands and try to make a difference. Yeah. Which maybe, so, you know, good intentions or not. Yeah. I don't know how they could think that that would have done anything. Good. So they were, they were like, bragging about this on their own Twitter, mm-hmm. um, which is how people found out that it was one individual. Mm-hmm. And they were um, hawking the idea of, oh, you should go on these free sites. Mm-hmm. Well, as a trans sex worker, what's one of the first free sites you're going to come across? It's SM Canada. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people were very not happy with this individual. And I have no proof other than just obvious sort of logical steps. But a couple weeks after Lealist was unable to process credit cards, SM Canada went down. Just site 404. Just couldn't load it. Coincidence? I think not. (laughs) No. So now, as a trans sex worker, I wasn't affected by the 
Lealist credit card thing, because mm -hmm. I pay for things with Bitcoin as just another, again, risk reward. The way I use Bitcoin, none of it is tied into my name legally. So it's always been one step removed. So I was able to still post ads using Bitcoin. Okay, interesting. But then I was only Leolist, and I would say I probably only get about 25% to like 30% of my clientele from uh, Leolist. Mm -hmm. So when SM Canada went down, I was also fucked. My number of inquiries just dramatically dropped. And then at that same time, while all of this was happening, yeah. I wasn't even in this hemisphere. I was, <laughs> I was on vacation on the other side of the planet, um, spending money, thinking that I was going to come back and just go right back to work. And I didn't. <laughs> and I couldn't. So it's been, it's been a tough end of April and start of May. Are they both back up now? What's happening now? So I site? believe Lealist is... Under new management, okay. um, you can hear the air quotes, mm -hmm. um, and I believe is back up to being able to take credit cards through a different service, okay. and SM Canada just went back up two days ago, mm -hmm. and literally the day I could uh, actually bump my ad again on uh, SM Canada, mm -hmm. I already was getting inquiries again. Yep. So it just proved exactly how vital it was and like while i would love for there to be something else that replaces it mm -hmm. just no one's bothered because it's a it's a niche and like a, a lot of it is like revolving door like i said a lot of the girls mm -hmm. who are on it are in it to pay for their transition go in get what they get can the money get out and, yeah. so like there's not really a lot of like career uh trans sex workers yeah um especially not full service ones mm -hmm. So, you know, it's the kind of thing where I don't think there's a large push. It's not like when Sesta Fosta happened and there was this big push to try and make uh, Twitter and, like, yeah. other other platforms and other things. Um, or even just, like, uh, Trist, which I believe is uh, run by um, sex workers or former sex workers or stuff. There's just... There isn't the people. And yeah. I don't and I don't want to be that person because I don't have the time and energy. I'm just barely trying to... <laughs> Yeah. Like do my own thing. Do my own thing. Yeah. So I yeah. don't I don't have the time to go off and do that. So Yeah. And the other thing too is just like I saw someone talking the other day being like um on Twitter mm -hmm. and they were they were posting a Twitter poll mm -hmm. and they said, Would you join up if somebody made a Twitter replacement for sex workers with like all of the extra features that a sex worker would want? But like, isn't Twitter? Would you would you join up with the website? Like, yes, no, other. Yeah. And if other, comment. So before I give my answer, what would what would you say as someone who's in the sex worker industry? Something that wasn't Twitter. Um, well, right now Twitter is a good place for me to get exposure mm -hmm. and access to clients and have them see me, see my personality, see the services I offer. For me, Twitter works. Mm -hmm. However, for how long will it be there for? Not right. sure. So if that got taken away from me, then of course I would. Right. You know. But up until then, you would rather not. just stick with Twitter. Yeah. So I answered other. Mm -hmm. um, because for me, my idea was that the, the whole idea of social media is outreach. You want to get as many eyeballs as you can yeah. looking at this thing. So, you know, I was like, well, sure, if this imaginary platform had millions and millions of users, I would jump on it in a second, which is how internets and things work. Mm -hmm. You know, people moved to Facebook when it got popular, mm -hmm. not when MySpace was popular, mm -hmm. because they were like, why should I leave for this other thing until it's worthwhile doing? Mm -hmm. And someone in the comments is like, oh, well, you know, Twitter has followers. And I was like, yeah, but, you know, how many does it have? Mm -hmm. Because my argument is Versus that... Versus Twitter. Yeah, my argument platform. is that... And yeah. the other thing is, too, if it's popular enough to use, it probably also has some problems. Sure. Just that's also the nature of the internet, right? Like, if you get popular enough, bad people or just annoying people get on there because mm -hmm. it's just the number of people. Or it's on the radar for, like, you know, conservative people trying to 
yeah. silence the voice yeah. of like, queer you know, people of sex workers. How, of... how quickly will the Westo Baptist Church make an account exactly. on the platform? Yeah, and shut it down somehow. Yeah. So someone was like, to the point where it's not useful anymore for us. So I asked, you know, how many users are actually on Twitter? Yeah. And someone said, oh, there's 260,000. And I was like, I was like, interesting. So I quickly sort of like did some quick some Google in, searching. Some intel. So, well, no, I, I did some searching uh, and I just went through my uh, people I follow on Twitter. I'm like, oh, great. So all of Twitter is the same number of followers as one trans porn star that I follow. Yeah. Who's so. probably the most popular trans porn star currently. But sure, you, you're saying your entire platform is as popular as the most popular of a niche. And this is one person's following. So. So for me. Sorry. Yeah, it's, it's not, not worth it. Not quite. <laughs> nice try. But yeah, no I mean, again, cigar. it's, you know, I, I will follow things as, as needed. I was on Tumblr until it decided to shoot itself in the foot. Sure. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> very funny what's happened with Tumblr. Oh, yeah. Especially the, re- have you heard the most recent news about it, too? The Pornhub wants to buy it? Yes. That, yeah. that, that, was it Viacom bought Yahoo? Yeah. And then didn't know what the hell to do with Tumblr. Yeah. Because and, it's useless as is. Yeah, it doesn't make it's them nothing. enough. It doesn't make them enough money. It's not doing anything. And then they're like, "Uh, well, we'll try and fix it." Oh wait, that didn't work. Ah, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll sell it. Who wants it? Pornhub. Uh, Pornhub. Which you know, hilarious. It sounds hilarious until you realize that, like, oh great, that means Pornhub will become the Disney of porn. Which is not great. Yeah, because Pornhub is. Yeah. They own everything. Yeah. Like. You know, you think, oh, I'll go on that other tube site. No, that's also no. owned by them. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to go, like, you know, on Brazzers. That's, I don't oh. know if it actually is. But I just know that, like, a vast majority of the online, like, porn industry is owned, owned by, by one mega corporation. Yeah. And they even, the only reason they got there was because, you know, the, one of the reasons I've been very hesitant to put my porn on that platform is just the reason they got there is because... They steal content. They right? steal... Well, they don't steal content, okay. but they allow others to steal content. Okay. And that tanked the industry, yep. right? Yep. No one wanted to pay for porn if they could get it for free. Yeah. And then it's the kind of thing where now that everyone is like, but how do I make money? I need to live. They're like, oh, well, you can post on our platform and we'll take a cut of it. It's like, oh, great. Thanks. So you like, you kick me in the teeth and then ask if I want a dentist appointment. <laughs> that, like. That's great. Like, I'm, I'm sorry, but I'm not, you know, as, you know, be as, as woke and as snarky as you want on social media. Yeah. But like, that's still not going to take away from my, you know, knowledge that you like, you fucked over this industry and now you're taking advantage of it. Yeah. Ugh. Oh but God! Yeah. Tell me something nice before we go on our break. <laughs> <laughs> Take us into break. <laughs> What's uh, your favorite stuffy that you purchased from Japan? Oh, oh! You mean when I went to the Pokemon Center? Yeah, and bought <laughs> everything, like, all the things. Um. Oh, so I went. So we went to the Pokemon Center, and attached to the Pokemon Center is the Pokemon Cafe, mm-hmm. where you eat Pokemon-shaped food and, like, all this stuff. Um, and uh, one of the things is, like, a, like, mascot will come out, and it'll either be, um, right now, Eevee or Pikachu. Mm-hmm. And Pikachu will come out in a full chef outfit oh with a chef God. hat and an apron and uh, you could buy a stuffy of this. Oh my God. He's got a little skillet where he's like cooked a little like Pikachu rice ball. Oh my god! Uh, and it's fucking adorable. Aww. And then now sits on my shelf above my bed. So next time I go on cam, <laughs> they'll just be adorable Pikachu watching over everything. Oh, that's lovely. Okay, thank you. That was perfect. (laughs) Perfect way to end the segment. (laughs) Okay, we're going to have a little bit of a break. And then, um, oh, I have a a fun surprise for Steffi, actually, concerning one of our new sponsors. So we'll do that. 
Yeah, tease that out before the break. (laughs) And then also uh, we've got some fun topics for the second half. We're going to talk about time wasters. Mm. That's something I really want to pick your brain about, having some personal experience recently with uh, with that. So here we go. Um, Listen to these commercials. We'll be right back with the lovely Steffi Scarlett. take a moment to talk about our lovely sponsors shall we first of all oasis aqua lounge is a water themed sex club located right here in toronto at 231 mutual street oasis is inclusive of all genders and orientations and is shame free when it comes to pleasure and play check them out at their website oasisaqualounge.com Unicorn Collaborators is the local leather business of two queer unicorns. They specialize in luxurious and colorful harnesses for all body types, and even craft non-conventional ones for your thigh, fist, or foot. Check them out at their Etsy shop under Unicorn Collaborators. Lovecrafters Toys is a non-gendered fantasy sex toy line that makes weird and wonderful dildos in the shape of tentacles, unicorn horns, mermaid tails, and more. Their high-quality silicone is hand-poured right here in Toronto. Check out their Etsy shop at Lovecrafters Toys. ComeAsYouAre.com is a trans-owned, trans-operated sex shop that also happens to be feminist and anti-capitalist. They carry only the best sex toys and want to give you the best price possible. Next time, use the coupon code BEDPOST, that's B-E-D-P-O-S-T, when checking out at ComeAsYouAre.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Bed Post Podcast. I'm your host, Erin Pym, and I'm here with the lovely Steffi Scarlett. Hello. <laughs> Hello. And we have a, a, spun, a fun, a spun, a fun special surprise. Um, one of our lovely new sponsors, The Sissy Kit, thesissykit.com, um, has given us a lovely kit to give away. For one of our lucky listeners. So what I would like to do with you, Steffi, um, we've got the kit here for you to open up yes. and take a look at. Um, so why don't we do a little unboxing slash ASMR <laughs> presentation right now? Well, I, I you know, did it uh, out of curiosity for someone, and I understand for a lot of things like this or for getting sex toys or things like that, mm-hmm. how did it come to you in the mail? Because I know a lot of people are like, if it says like, the sissy kit in yeah. giant letters on the outside of it, they might be hesitant to order it. Exactly. It was very discreet packaging. Okay. And it's, they have uh, discreet, you know, billing information as well. Okay. So that is a fantastic question, Steffi. <laughs> very thoughtful indeed. As, as someone who gets paid from uh, different cam sites and different mm-hmm. porn sites, mm-hmm. they never list themselves on the actual checks that I have to go to the bank with as what they are. Yeah. So I... I am well aware and appreciate such things. Good. But yes, once you've got it open, cute little like pink heart, you know, <laughs> cursive writing, mm-hmm. sissy kit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it says sissy kit on the inside. Mm-hmm. So I'm aware of like the whole like, um, you know, kit that comes in the mail once a month kind of thing. Yeah. Um, loot crate geek stuff, all that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I didn't realize that uh, we had delved into the uh, into the the sex work and the sexy and the porn and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> pretty pink little uh, um, tissue. tissue paper yeah. and a little card here. Thank you for shopping with us, sissy. We're a small business and we appreciate your support. Mm-hmm. Please enjoy free shipping on your next order using the following code at checkout. Uh, and then uh, and then there's the website where you can pick it up. So yeah. So you got that. And the most obvious thing in here <laughs> is the dildo. <laughs> With again, a lovely the sissy kit sticker stuck on the outside. Yep. Uh, suction cup, little balls. Mm-hmm. I would say it's a... Now, as someone who definitely has been practicing (laughs) dealing with their own anal pleasure, I would classify this as a medium to small size dildo. But for others, for others, this would definitely be medium to large. (laughs) 
so you know it depends on your level of training of course it's all subjective (laughs) but i do like i do like the the suction cup and the other thing that's always important with these is how actually squishy one of the things i've definitely found out when using uh, different anal toys Mm -hmm. is you know you go to somewhere other than um, you know, stag shop or something. Mm-hmm. Somewhere a little, a little more where they know what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. And they'll always talk about, oh, you want to get proper medical grade silicone. Mm-hmm. Good, because that means it won't absorb anything or leak anything into you, for God forbid. Yeah. But the other thing I find with a lot of those is that you might as well be using a glass toy for the amount of give that they have. Yeah. And especially for little bum holes, <laughs> that yeah. can be... That can be an arduous journey. Yes. So I appreciate... Really stiff toy. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. I appreciate that this one has what appears to be a decent amount of give. Yeah. So as what I would assume probably be going up someone's bum is a, a pretty good toy. Yeah. And, you know, they've definitely gone for a more realistic um, <laughs> dildo, which I'm sure um, would enthrall and um, <laughs> definitely titillate yes. the average sissy. <laughs> um, and then uh, obvious accoutrement mm-hmm. to that would be uh, some Astroglide. Mm-hmm. A little bit some, of lube. A little bit of lube. Uh, so let's see what else we got here. Uh, oh, <laughs> we've got we've got a lovely butt plug <laughs> for the discerning sissy. <laughs> um, oh, it's got one of the little gems on the bottom, mm-hmm. but it's also also silicone, mm-hmm. but much more stiff. But I find that that's that's fine for butt for plugs. Plug. Yeah. You want to actually feel, you yeah. want to be able to clench against it and yeah. actually feel the fullness of it. So I don't mind that. Yeah. And it also came with a little little cloth velvet bag, mm-hmm. which is nice because mm-hmm. not everyone's still drinking Crown Royal. So <laughs> you can't just put it in there. <laughs> that's a good hack. I'm a, I'm a, I'm an unabashed geek, so I I know various uses for crown royal bags, sure despite not drinking it myself. <laughs> um, what else have we got? Ooh, is this? Oh, oh, it's a lip gloss. How do you feel about that? Because you are a red lipstick connoisseur. I I am I am a sucker for a good red lipstick. Yeah. My assumption is that if someone who bought this kit was Put that on their lips and mm-hmm. then practice their uh, cock sucking on it. Mm-hmm. It would probably smear a probably, fair bit, yeah. Um, both all over their face and all over the dildo, mm-hmm. which for some people is a very good look for them. Mm-hmm. I don't personally like it. You like it to stay put. I I would like it. I like to be composed and well put together, but some sluts. Some people want to get messy. Yeah. Messy sluts out there. What else? So, what else we got else in there? Here? So we've got <laughs> makeup remover wipe. Mm-hmm. For when you do get it all over your face. Yeah, when you do have that sloppy, sloppy blowjob mm-hmm. that you just did. Yeah. <laughs> so. And then I think one thing that would definitely, definitely enthrall many a sissy is a lacy mm-hmm. pair of underpants. Mm-hmm. Now, am I supposed to be opening this as well? Or is this going to be given away? That's so going to be given to... away. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so I won't open it. So I can't tell you how much or how little of your little sissy bottom this will cover. <laughs> But my guess is that it's probably some kind of thong. Yeah, it's a thong. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, and then this last then, thing we're not going to open up either. No. However, it is but, the most important part of the sissy kit. Ooh. So it is a pink envelope. Yeah. With again a lovely little uh, the sissy kit sticker holding it closed, in big old impact font that says assignment. Ooh, how mysterious. Yes. So I can tell there's some kind of holding me up to the light. I can tell there's some kind of card in here. <laughs> You're so sneaky holding it up to the light. <laughs> oh, if I if I really wanted to, I would I would fucking get out the the kettle. Yeah, steam, steam open the open. sticker. Uh, but I won't. I won't. So I'm assuming it's probably some some kind of combination of wearing the plug mm-hmm. for a certain amount of time. Or sucking the cock for a certain amount, or managing to bottom out on the the dildo mm-hmm. to some degree. I think that's pretty a pretty educated guess there. Yeah. What I'll do is just give you the social 
uh, media information on their the sissy kit on Instagram and on Twitter and they're the sissykit.com. Now you can go to those places to purchase them or you can take your chances in winning the special sissy kit that we just unboxed right here. You can email me at thebedpostsexshow at gmail.com and tell me your most embarrassing masturbation moment. <laughs> <laughs> you know, sissies sometimes like a little humiliation yes. play. So. Oh, of course. Yeah. And I think what I will do, since I'm here, yes. so I'm going to do something unique to only this sissy kit, because I'm going to give a little kiss a Rooney. And yeah, and I'll leave a kiss mark on the assignment. <laughs> By the lovely Steffi Scarlet. So. So again, if you would like to win this sissy kit complete with a kiss on the assignment envelope from Steffi, all you have to do is email me at thebedpostsexshow at gmail.com and you've got to wow me with the absolute best story I've ever heard about a masturbation mishap. So <laughs> please do that. Are you going to be reading out loud? Without the name. That is a good, that is a good thing. Uh, I did mention on the last episode, and I will mention again, let us know uh, if you would like it to be read on air. I'd be happy to do that. And if so, what name you would like us to use on mm-hmm. air. Yes. Because yeah. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of the listeners would love to hear these submissions as well. Oh, yeah. For sure. <laughs> so, Steffi, okay. I have recently had, um, oh, my God, a... a Time waster extraordinaire on my hands. Um, you can hear more about this in a recent Patreon episode. If you happen to subscribe to my Patreon, it's going to be episode number eight where I talk about it. I had, man, emailing back and forth forever with this person. Thankfully, they did eventually book. So it wasn't a time waster in that way where they ne- I never actually got anything in return. But, oh, God, it made me appreciate so hard all the sex workers that do their own booking like and own inquiries and answer all the questions all themselves like yeah i'm lucky as hell because it i was it was beyond it's frustrating because because up until this point i hated it Because you were telling me up until this point, you had someone who was handling all that for you. Mm -hmm. Ritual Chamber does all that for me. Just this one time. Yeah. So normally, someone would contact the Ritual Chamber. Yeah. Go back and forth with them. Yes. They would pair them up with whoever matches their request or the time. Yep. And then you're just told, be here and this is what's going to happen. How beautiful is that? Lovely. Gorgeous. Yes. (laughs) Now for the rest of us. Yes, exactly. (laughs) We usually don't have this luxury. The rest of us bitches. We yeah. we post our contact information online, um, with usually lots of information that often gets ignored, <laughs> because as someone who spent many years working in retail, I know nobody fucking reads a sign. No way. So a lot of times, despite having clear things like, please just tell me your name, <laughs> like <laughs> the time, the that time you that like? you would like to see me, roughly what you would like to do, a lot of the times. I will just get messages in my inbox or my text messages that are just, hi. So a lot of the times it it can be pulling teeth to get the information. I would honestly not be able to deal. Like that would change the whole way I feel about sex work. (laughs) If I had to do that part, honestly. Yeah. Somebody messaged you while you were here with me. Yes. And it was literally just, hey, sex now. And yeah. you're like, hi, time, date? <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, like, it's definitely, it's it's also, it's its own skill to learn. Yes. And I, I still am not very good at it, um, I would say. But, like, learning when someone is asking questions because they're interested in seeing you mm-hmm. and someone who's asking questions because they're wanking off on the other side. Uh, yes, exactly. Um, and, you know, I've been ghosted. I've been stood up. Um, before, oh, yeah. and it's at that point where I go, I answered too many questions. Fuck, man. Um, I, mean, I mean, not that I don't get ghosted also. Like, I, I for sure have no-shows as well. Mm-hmm. That still happens, but at least I didn't have to spend all the fucking time humoring this person. Yeah, That so I didn't know whether they were actually going to come through. Yeah, so it, one of the things is oftentimes, like, just trying to feel out mm-hmm. certain things. What kind of questions are they asking? How many questions are they asking? 
how much detail are they looking for in the answers can also sort of help. And it's the kind of thing where, like, the thing is you eventually sort of get a feel when things are sort of like, uh, I don't know. And at that point, one of the things um, that I've been taught or told is a good idea is let's talk on the phone. Mm-hmm. Because it's the kind of thing where it's a lot harder to, like, wank and talk eloquently at the same time. Oh, my God. That's or at great. the very least, like, you might be able to hear or get the intonation from their voice as to what's going on. Yeah. And it's all, you know, it's it's usually a faster way of communicating. Yeah. Like, you know, it's immediate response. With yeah. texting or emails, you might have to wait a day or two or a week before someone gets back to you on something. Yeah, I had a so, back, back and forth with this guy for like three weeks via email. So yeah, it would, it would be the kind of thing where after like the first couple of things, like you can answer obvious things that are like, when are you available? Because I don't necessarily have a fixed schedule or they might not look at it and my life may change. I might get busy with other things. So like those kind of questions I'm happy to answer. Mm-hmm. But if it's obvious things like how tall are you or how much do you weigh it's like i'll what i'll do is i have my website with all of that information and i'll usually say all of that information is easily available on my website and then send, send them a link. send them a link and if they continue to ask your questions that were easily answerable there mm-hmm. then i know they're probably just looking to you know <sighs> use me <laughs> and not pay for my services yes so have you noticed a trend as far as, like, the type of people that will not show up? Like, what happens with the interaction um, before that via text and whatnot? Probably just too much texting. Yeah. I haven't really, like... Have You, you haven't developed I like, haven't, an exact science. No, I haven't, I haven't quite developed my sixth sense about it perfectly just yet. Yeah. So the, the more you do it, the more, like with anything, it's a skill you develop. Sure. So the more I do it, the more I get a better sense for it kind of thing. And it's also, I think, tied into how much work have I been getting? Because I'm much more willing to entertain someone for longer if I've been gaining not as much work. Sure. Yeah. Um, You know, if I've been busy, it's very easy for me to just kind of be like, stop interacting with this person if it looks like it's not going anywhere. Yeah. But if I need that rent money, then I'm more willing to like try and draw it out kind of thing yeah so it it fluctuates yeah and in general like do you feel like you have a different experience as far as say the booking process or the frequency of bookings or like the general you have a different experience than like cis sex workers or oh for sure i think i think my experience like i have a lot of um six um a lot of cis sex worker friends Mm -hmm. And uh, their experiences, while valuable to me, are not necessarily the same as mine. No. I think one of the biggest differences, besides just lack of places to advertise on, yes, is the type of call that I get. Yeah, like who, um, who books you typically? So it's not necessarily the who mm-hmm. as much as the what. And I think it's it's even, I would almost quantify um, something that you do as slightly different than cis, and again, separate from trans. Agreed. Um, as someone who's done duos with both sides, um, as far as like pro-dom and from more typical full service, um, full service yep. I would say it goes from the pro-dom side of thing, mm-hmm. will generally do really long elaborate multi-hour scenes developing different things and building a rapport and once someone finds a person they click with they kind of like they stick with just that person Mm -hmm. they get they like they're more loyal to one yes yeah then we move on to the more typical cis sex worker Mm -hmm. who will get shorter bookings but still sometimes multi-hour ones Mm -hmm. like but more typically more like two three hours Whereas I've heard a lot of like pro doms who do more like four or even six or all day sessions yeah, kind of thing. Crazy. So the cis workers are getting less of that. And I find they're ended up doing a lot of what's referred to as GFE, which is girlfriend, girlfriend experience. experience. Yeah. So a lot of their clients are looking for almost like they want the sex, but they also want the companionship. Yes. They want someone they can talk to, someone they can open up about with. Yeah. More than once I've heard of clients who get in, 
mm-hmm. have sex for an hour, mm-hmm. and then spend the other hour chatting, and just chatting relaxing. and relaxing, enjoying each because other's company. Because now yeah. that they've had sex with that person, they get this sort of like impression that like, oh, I can open up to this person now, yeah. and like, they're not getting that with whatever partner, or maybe they don't have a partner, so they can't have that experience. Yeah. So they're looking for that connection. That yeah, yeah that kind of connection. Yeah. And then we get to trans sex workers, mm-hmm. where I feel it's um, very fetishized. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the clients who do that, they're looking for, they specifically want someone with a dick yes. for whichever reason, whether it's they don't feel comfortable enough finding a cis male, so they want something that they feel like, or they can argue with themselves in their mind that it's like, oh, it's not gay because there's a girl. Right. So how do I want a dick? Right. Or they like just like the look of things or they like the idea of cock sucking but don't want to they don't like cis males yep. they're like they've had that experience and figured out that's not for them mm-hmm. so for me it's like they want to get in mm-hmm. experience their fantasy mm-hmm. and get out so no so, like hanging out no after no i uh, i will have maybe you know i've got maybe one or two regulars who mm-hmm. i can actually sit down and talk with but I would say, you know, 90 to 95% of my clients want to get in. They want to do their thing. They so want to experience. an hour, a short impo- appointment? They're, like, they're like, I get inquiries for as short as, I want 15 minutes. Oh. They want to get in, suck a cock, and then leave. That's 15 like, minutes? Yeah, like, I don't, I don't know what they're looking for. Like, I, I like... I don't know. I don't think I could have any sort of meaningful, like, not even connection. I don't think I could have good sex for 15 minutes. 15 minutes. That so, bar- you, know. you barely get in the room. Yeah. So, I mean, those are outliers, but there's definitely, like, a skewing towards much shorter. A shorter appointment. I get a lot of inquiries for half hours, which yeah. I generally turn down. I generally only do half hours if I am sitting at an in call. Because for me to get up, go to the in call, get ready, is already, like, I'm looking at more than one hour, maybe, you know, two or three hours just to, like, get ready and go home. Sure. So I don't want to be there for only a half hour. No. Like, it's not worth it for me. No. So, you know, if I'm on tour where I'm staying at whatever location and I can be there and I'm already ready and they can come in, do their thing, get out, sure. Right. But generally speaking, when I'm at home, that's not not what I'm... It's not realistic. No, it just doesn't really work out. Yeah. So... Like, it's the kind of thing where, like, I will take advice and information from pro-doms and full-service cis workers, but I will always know that, like, that's nice to know, but I need to translate it into what I'm doing. Exactly. Yeah, it's not the same experience. Mm -hmm. Like, it is, but it isn't. Mm -hmm. Yes, we all do similar work, but there's so many nuances from all the different services we offer, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's all... So it's it's my own thing. And because one of the other experiences I've had is just a lack of communication with other trans sex workers. Oh. Because so many of them are in it for a short time to leave, okay, gotcha. it's very tough to make connections with people. Okay. Because you know, as you were saying before, there aren't a lot of just full-time, full-service sex workers in the trans community. Well, they, they are, but they're not like full, full-time as in like it's their own, it's their long-term career. Right, yeah. Um, and the same time, there just seems to be a lack of um, engagement on social media. Okay. Because they have sites like SM Canada and stuff, or, you know, they're, they're, not, they're not in it because they want to be in it necessarily, they're in it because they have to be in it. Okay. You know, multiple times I've, like, tweeted out on Twitter and be like, hey, is there anyone who just wants to even say hi or anything? And just crickets. No response. Just wow. no response. It's, it's mm-hmm. like I said, I've been in this for four years, mm-hmm. and there are, like, two, like, full-service trans workers that I know. One's in Montreal, one... Oh, not uh, even in Toronto. One in Montreal, and then one in Toronto. And the one in Toronto I just got in contact with this year, like, the start of this year. So... Wow. Yeah. Because, as, uh, I mean, there, as we were kind of saying at the very beginning of the episode... There are so many sex workers, so many types of sex work just in Toronto. Like, yeah. it's, it's mind-blowing how mm-hmm. many sex workers. Well, I'm just saying they're, they're, they're there, but they're hard to find. Wow. So, like... And, it, and they don't want to 
yeah they don't want to be i've i've made connections with um trans cam girls and other trans uh porn performers because Mm -hmm. the nature of their thing is to be more out there and and have followers and stuff so they're a little bit easier to find Mm -hmm. but you know if you're a trans porn star and you want to make a career out of it you're in la you're in hollywood right like you're not here right you know cam girl might be able to be somewhere wherever they are but that's who knows where Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and is that what is the reasoning behind that do you think that that there is it because of the stigma i think it's definitely there's a stigma or again like you know to to do this to be like i'm here to fulfill your fetish probably just doesn't feel very good for a lot of trans people like they're they're transitioning because they don't want to experience those things anymore right so like to then be on social media and flaunt that i think probably just goes against a lot of what they like want to do do you feel a conflict there no um for me i'm one of those uh, people who's comfortable with being trans and keeping my penis and using my penis and stuff Mm -hmm. And there are some of those. It's a spectrum, right? Yeah, of course. It's not, not everyone falls into one category. Yeah. But I would say it's definitely a much smaller percentage of trans people have the same feelings that I have. Mm-hmm. Um, Meaning not wanting to transition physically like, yes. through surgery or yes. yeah, yeah, whatnot. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like I'm, I'm not looking to have SRS or sexual reassignment surgery anytime soon. Yeah. So it's the kind of thing where... I'm a niche of a niche of a niche of yes, a niche. Yes, yeah. So at at that point, you you narrow it down, and while there's so much going on, you just you you run out of like people who are in that same niche as you when you go that far down. Or at least again, my theories because I don't have a lot of people to talk to. It's hard to <laughs> it's hard to corroborate any of this information. Yeah. But with your experience, yeah, yeah, that's it, what you're kind of experiencing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A question that I sometimes end on is like, if you want, you know, if you wanted to change people's mind about how they feel about maybe trans sex workers in your case, what would you want to say to them or what would you want people to know? I would think that be aware that a lot of trans sex workers, not necessarily myself, but a lot of other ones are putting forward their best foot to try and do their best. Mm. Um, But their online persona might not be their personal persona. So don't jump into their DMs or don't message them on their work number looking to, like, date them. That's not why they're there. That's not. (laughs) Yes. Um, Don't treat SM Canada as, you know, plenty of fish. Your dating platform, yeah. Do people do that? They try. Yeah. 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 I, a lot of times, and I'll, I'll also get, which I'm sure you've maybe, maybe you don't get it because you don't get direct contacts, but like submissives who are like, oh, I would love to be your submissive. I'm like, so are you going to pay my rate? No, I just want to clean so. up after you. It's like, no, that's, this is my work number. Yeah. Oh, you, I get that too. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. On every platform, even like not my sex work persona, like my bedpost Facebook page, where it's literally yeah. just telling you about the event, the bedpost event that I run monthly. Mm-hmm. Dozens of messages. Yeah. Just, just remember that there's a human attached at the other end, I guess is what I'd like to leave with people. Yeah. Yeah. Truly. <laughs> I, I hate that it has to be that basic but it does. <laughs> like, who are these people that message? Hey, hey, like, uh, yeah. Where are and you it's from? it's the kind of thing where like you know I I try and make myself out there and available. So if I am interacting on a social media, mm-hmm. like especially publicly, mm-hmm. like reply to my tweets more. Sure. Yeah. Just maybe don't like jump in the DMs unless you're looking for a specific thing. Yes, please don't. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Respect. Fucking yeah. We're at work. Or doing especially. Work. Or, you know, like, I'm a cam girl. You want to come chat with me? Come hang out in my cam room. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Tip me while you're there. (laughs) Even better. (laughs) Speaking of that, okay, give us all your social media where people can buy your shit. Okay. So, while I have many places that you can find me, Mm -hmm. it's all under the same name. It's uh, Steffi Scarlet. So, S-T-E-P-H-I-E. 
S-C-A-R-L-E-T. Only one T. A lot of times I see people have the autocorrect do the double T-E, mm-hmm. which is not me. Great. But yeah, you can find me on Twitter. You can find me on Instagram. If you're looking for me on uh, my campsite, I'm on Chatterbait. If you're looking for me on to buy my porn, I'm on many vids. I'm on amateur porn. And then I have my, my website, um, which I will shortly also have under just Steffi Scarlet dot something, yeah. which I haven't worked out quite yet. Yeah. But that, that will be soon. But it's all that. It's all under the same name. I'm sure Pim will put links and stuff in the, the doodly-doo. I will indeed. Um, and, um, yes. Yeah? That's, yeah? that's most of it, right? Yeah. Okay, great. Um, I'll give you just real quickly my Patreon again. It's patreon.com slash thebedpostshow. For bedpost, uh, the Instagram is thebedpostshow. Again, uh, for our contest, you can email, email me at thebedpostsexshow at gmail.com. Facebook, we're bedposterotica. Um, if you're in Toronto and want to see the stage show, I'm doing it the third Friday of every month at the Social Capital Theatre at 8 o'clock. If you want to follow my Dom persona, professional uh, social media, I'm at the Lady Pim one both on Twitter and Instagram. Or uh, for bookings, you can go to theritualchamber.ca slash lady dash Um I want to thank you so, so much for coming today. Aw, thanks for having me. This was a lovely conversation, and uh, I'm sure my listeners will absolutely love it. I feel like I talked for almost the entire time, but... (laughs) That's the name of the game, baby! (laughs) And one last thank you to um, Stephanie Copeland, who does all my original music for the podcast. Thank you, Stephanie. You can find her at stephcopelandmusic.com. And lastly, thank you so much uh, to everyone who's listening. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. We'll be back next week with more fun, sexy guests on the Bedpost Podcast. And also, thank you, Sissy Kit. Thanks, Sissy Kit. (laughs) Bye. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. 